Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah State. Three-man rush once again. Love's got to step up. And it's intercepted at the 20-yard line. Overthrows his intended receiver, and that's going to end the game. Love did not have a three-interception game all of last year, but he got one tonight, and that ends the game. When you're playing against good coaches and good players, every snap's kind of a uh, you know cat-and-mouse game, and you know their kids made a play. And if you look back and say, now, nah, yeah, boy, sure do wish we would have thrown it that situation. But if the kid would have dropped the ball, or they would have tipped the pass, and we said, well, why didn't we run it? So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's always there's always those guessing games. And Gary Anderson, after the Aggies lose a game they easily could have won, they get beat at Wake Forest, 38-35. A dark moment on an otherwise awesome weekend for the Mountain West Conference. But for the locals, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Once again, PK, it's a familiar story. Auburn, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Michigan State. A lot of games where they showed well and then lost. And Wake Forest doesn't look like they're the level of some of those teams either. Now you're going on name. And uh, so they certainly don't have the name that those other teams have. I mean, I couldn't tell you what those other teams did that season, but they don't have the name, and Utah State doesn't have the win because they blew it. Led multiple times in that game, but couldn't seal the deal. Jordan Love, 416 yards, three TDs, and the three picks. Boise State, 23 unanswered to win at Florida State. Nevada, 20 unanswered at home to beat Purdue. Wyoming took down Missouri. A lot of good wins to the Mountain West. They kicked it off well. What's it mean? Nothing, because the Aggies <laughs> lost. Well, what, if they won, what does it mean? Oh, it might set up their champion to go to a New Year's Six. That hasn't happened the last few years. I think Boise State went. It's probably been four years ago now. So it might set the first week of the Might season? set them up for that. Got to win some non-conference games. Only I mean, Boise if you does, two, two lost champions. Only Boise does. Some, uh, and you're right. It may be Boise. But that, somebody else could live the dream. See, that, that's the argument. Your conference needs to have success. Does it really? For what? For what? What's the goal? Well, in the case of Mountain West, to go to the New Year's Six. Right, so Boise a, needs to beat Florida State, which they did. Yep. But whether Utah State beats Wake Forest or not, what difference does that make for Boise? How does Wake Forest losing to Utah State or Utah State winning benefit Boise? I don't think it does. If Boise does what they're capable of doing, they will go, irregardless of what happens to Utah State. Possible. If they go undefeated, I promise you, they'll get in. Right. But what if nobody goes undefeated? Central Florida got in because they went undefeated the last couple of years. Right. Go undefeated so, and you get in. But if the American has a one-loss team and the Mountain West has a one-loss team, What happened in somebody. week one? No one's going to remember that. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Knicks steps up. He throws to Williams. He's got it. Touchdown, Auburn. Touchdown. Herbert steps back, now steps up in the pocket, steps up and he throws to the end zone, to the back of the end zone, out of the back of the end zone, Auburn wins, Auburn 27, Oregon.
Another woulda, coulda, shoulda, and didn't. Oregon had chances early to blow that game open. Auburn really struggled early and then was great at the end, rattled off three late touchdowns and won the game 27-21. Should have buried him, PK. Should have buried him. Could have been sitting on 35 points in the middle of the third quarter. Had their chances. What chances did they have? Well, at 14-3, they drove down inside the 10-yard line and fumbled. There was an 80-yard return. Beyond that. That hurt. They had another good drive later in the game that came up empty. So, they blew it. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. USC, they beat Fresno State, but they lost their quarterback in the process. JT Daniels, torn ACL, torn cartilage. He's out for the year. Gidon Slovis, a true freshman from Arizona, now looks like the starting quarterback. Won the backup job, played the end of the game, second half, after JT Daniels got hurt late in the second quarter. Ready to write USC off now? No. Still feels like the door's wide open for Utah? Much wider. I don't know how much wider it can get. (laughs) The two teams that look like they might be able to put together a good season and win the division are now playing true freshman quarterbacks. I mean, we knew ASU was going to, but now USC is going to, too. Yeah, and Auburn did, and they won. So there's no excuses. It sucks for Daniels, but if you think your quarterback's going to play all 12 games, good on you, because nobody else does. For BYU, their next two opponents at Tennessee, home to USC. USC loses their quarterback. Tennessee loses to Georgia State, a game they got dominated in, especially in the second half. Their defense couldn't get off the field. Georgia State ran right at them, ran around them. Quarterback scrambled, quarterback threw. Basically, everything everything they tried worked. I guess they didn't throw a lot of balls, you know, over the top, try to hit on 50-yard completions and that. But other than that... The medium-range passing game was good. And it just went up and down the field. Had, did have to settle for some field goals, but Tennessee looked very beatable for BYU. Oh, no question about that. Yeah, I agree 100%. And so the Cougars have put them basically themselves in a must-win situation. Because if you lose to these guys, well, wait a second, Georgia State beat them. Why, are you that bad? I mean, and you were, you, know, you were somewhat competitive against the Utes Thursday night, but not competitive enough. For stretches, you were competitive, and this is a great opportunity for them. If you did it, if you did it at Wisconsin, you ought to be able to go into Tennessee. Tennessee was a bad team last year, and they look even worse. They do. They look like they've gone the wrong way. Five and seven right now looks like a pretty hard ask for them. You got to figure a hard what? A hard ask. Oh. <laughs> I see where you're going. Don't go there. He did not screw that up that bad. That bad? It was close. It was close. Well, the first six letters are what they are. I know. But I pronounced the letter K. Why couldn't we go there? What's wrong with saying hard ass? Are we all going to be in trouble? Are we yes. Gonna, are we going to get fired? No. It's 7 guys, 11 in the morning. Your purity that you project. It's, be real. Nope. It's much easier that Image. way. Image. PK. Be real. And, and then you don't have to worry about who, what did I say? What did I do? As long as you're real and you're honest with yourself, then you're good to go. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. You know, the, the practice reps against defense that's actually running their stuff is, is better preparation than, you know, a uh, preseason game where they're not really running their stuff. 
That's Aaron Rodgers. Ready to go, ready to play a real game, and he'll get a real game against a real defense Thursday night. The NFL, the 100th season opens with the Packers and the Bears, the traditional rivals. They'll meet in Chicago. I think the Packers are ready to get back to being the Packers after the coaching change. Had a long string. It seemed like double-digit win seasons, playoffs, occasional Super Bowls. Well, I couldn't tell you that, but I can tell you that if you got Aaron Rodgers, you got a chance in any game, most likely. NFL roster cutdowns coming this weekend. 32 teams cutting down to 53 players. And there were some big roster moves with the Texans trading Jadavion Clowney to the Seattle Seahawks. He's going to play this year on a one-year franchise tag tender and then presumably get a big money deal in the offseason. You're getting $15 million this year. That's a big money deal right there. Patriots cut their backup quarterback Brian Hoyer and waived veteran wide receiver Demarius Thomas over the weekend. Both players reportedly considering returning to the Pats, but also entertaining other offers. Who will give them the most money now? And the Chargers said that uh, Melvin Gordon's agent can go ahead and uh, try and trade if he wants, but they're, they're done talking contract extension. Postpone that until the end of the season. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. The 32-team World Cup of Basketball is underway in the U.S. Open this weekend with an 88-67 win over the Czech Republic. Donovan Mitchell hit a couple of three-pointers, scored 16 points. Seemed to look all right in the highlights, PK. I have to admit, I didn't get up in the morning to see that. Game time's coming in from Asia. They can be a little rough. Uh, neither did I. I can't help you there. USA facing uh, Turkey tomorrow. Joe Ingles. Had a Joe Ingles-type offensive performance, 13 points, 9 rebounds, or 9 assists, set up teammates with a bunch of uh, alley-oops and all that. Had 5 rebounds and 3 steals as well. Australia blew out Canada. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't follow Australian basketball. I know some of the names, obviously, because they play in the NBA, so I follow them from that perspective. But I do think that if Joe was a primary setter-upper, he could average close to 10 assists a game. It's just a matter of how many possessions does he get to have the ball. Right. right. And he doesn't do that over here. But if he did, because I said it years ago, he has the innate ability to see the play as the ball is being passed to him. I, I, and I'm not going to throw out the Stockton way, but Stockton obviously knew what to do before he knew it was time to do it. And I think Joe, maybe a poor man's version of that. And so it doesn't surprise me that he had nine assists because he's really good. And in his heart, that's what he prefers to do. He's much certainly willing to do that. I think that that's that's what comes more natural to him. The other stuff is when he has to think more as far as shooting or whatever it might be. But to, to set somebody up, I think that's when he's at his best. And all these stats will be a little depressed because it's a 40-minute game like college, not a 48-minute game like the NBA. So. Yeah, and the players aren't as good. And I, but that's why I'm really interested for this season because they have more, certainly, inarguably, the most offensive weapons they've had since Quinn Snyder has been the coach. And, and if you've got them. somebody like him, among others, willing and certainly able and capable of being able to make that pass that leads to the bucket – it sets up a lot of exciting opportunities. 
Rudy Gobert blocked five shots, also had nine points and nine boards as France beat Germany. France is playing Jordan tomorrow in a 32-team tournament. They're bound to be some blowouts. France and Jordan sounds like it ought to be one of them. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Next pitch will be number 120 for Verlander. Here it comes. Ground ball left side waiting on a Toro. He's got it. Throws across in time. And that is the ball game. A no-hitter. Justin Verlander. The third of his career. The Astros mob him in front of the mound. As the Astros win it 2 to nothing. One walk, PK. First inning. Yep. Second batter of the game. He walked Kevin Biggio, and that was the only base runner. Verlander gets his third no-hitter. And the Astros get another win. And now there are only two guys who have thrown more no-nos than him. And there's a bunch of guys who've thrown three, four of them, I think. But you're in pretty elite company when there's only a half dozen guys who pulled that off. No one? In more than a hundred years of uh, more than a hundred years of baseball. What's no one have seven? No one has seven. Sandy Koufax has four. And that'd be it. And then Justin Verlander's sitting on yeah, three. Yeah, well, those are legendary names ahead of him right there. Even the names he's tied with. Cy Young, Bob Feller, and Bob Larry Kikorin. Who <laughs> oh, I've never heard of. Larry Kikorin? Pitched for the Cubs in the 1880s. So, of course, we haven't heard of him. But we've heard of Cy Young. <laughs> heard of Bob Feller. So that's awesome company. Yeah. Yankees win on a walk-off, so the Yankees and the Astros, the uh, race for the best record in the American League is a one game of separation there. Yankees have the lead. The Bees beat Reno, spot them a 6-0 lead, rallied to win 7-6 in the next to last game of the year. They will wrap it up penultimate. today. Yes, go fancy. Today, 1 o'clock. Get your tickets at SLBs.com and listen to the game here on the Zone Sports Network. Expect a fast game. Getaway day. Get a plane and get out. I don't know. I don't know what uh, what are the bees required to do after the season. A few of them will get called up. 40-man rosters. Uh, a lot of them have already had that, though. Across the league. A lot of AAA guys bouncing up and down, depending on injuries or whatever. Well, I mean, with the expansion of the rosters I'm talking about. Oh. So, they don't Because you can, you can do it September 1st, and obviously today's September 2nd. I don't know who they're going to call up. I don't know that the Angels are in any big pennant stretch. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. That was ugly, and that was frustrating, and that was a loss for RSL as they get beat in Portland. Give up uh, too many soft turnovers early in the game, and one of them they got punished, and that turned out to be the only goal of the game as Portland wins. And RSL drops from second to fifth on one lousy weekend. The results went against them, and they didn't help themselves. So now sitting in fifth place with six games left in the season. They are uh, three points out of second. And three points out of eighth and missing the playoffs. Everything's still on the table. Uh, they don't play again until September 11th when they face San Jose at home. Some time off? Some much-needed time off? Much-needed. You know, the semi-buy, the international day, comes at a great time, PK. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> but I guess that's what you're supposed to say. 
It's good to have some time off. The, the 11th is not a weekend. It is a Wednesday night. That's good for them. They should get off the weekend as much as possible at this time of year. They don't have many Saturday games left. They actually have, uh, yeah. I think, two or three Wednesdays. Well, it makes sense from the marketing standpoint. Yep. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. It's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, college football, college football, and more college football. Frank Dolce, huge analyst for the Zone Sports Network, will join us in about 10 minutes. Gary Anderson, Aggie head coach, will be here at 8.30. we got a couple open phone segments set up as well for all of you arising early on Labor Day who'd like to talk about all the college football you've watched over the last four days. We'll do that coming up. Frank Dolce joins us next. Talk about what's ahead for the youths and what he learned from the opener. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. NFL roster cutdowns came Saturday. All 32 teams trimmed their rosters to 53 players ahead of the regular season opener. The season starts Thursday night with the Bears and the Packers. 26 players with Utah ties were waived. 45 athletes with ties to the state of Utah made the rosters. By the Colts practice squad. Say that one more time. Your mic wasn't there. Don't ever cut my mic. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson Barton, who was waived, got picked up by the Colts on their practice squad. Team USA World Cup Basketball. U.S. won its opener. They play Turkey tomorrow in game number two. The Bees played their last game of the year today at 1 o'clock. Get your tickets at slbs.com as the Bees face Reno. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy. If you want better health and to feel better, check out Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy and ask about the Zone listener specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and more. Visit restore.com for more details. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. This edition of the rivalry was different. It just was. Because in the last four years, I feel like they've been one possession games because Utah played poorly and still won. And I thought, well, what happens when Utah just flexes their muscles, doesn't play poorly? They're going to soundly win one of these. 54 to 10 was a fluke, seven turnovers, all that. It was just an anomaly. But what happens when Utah just plays well and it's 30 to 12? And that's that's a good word for last night's play from Utah as well, or yeah. enough. This was not the best game Utah's ever had. Yeah. There's some problems that we perceive that could come up in the Pac-12, but well enough to get a win, and BYU was nowhere near them. Dang good game. Not perfect, dang good. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK. Brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services at Master Electrical. We'll light up your day. Give us a call at 801-543-2222, and we'll be right on our way. That's 801-543-2222. Gary Anderson's going to join us in an hour. Last week, he dropped the line, there is no free agency in college football, except there is now, with the grad transfer. Did you watch any of Jalen Hurts just lighting it up last night, PK? I did, yeah. Man on a mission. This is 20 of 23 for 332 yards. And 
He ran for 176 yards, 11 yards a carry. Ran for three touchdowns, threw for three touchdowns. I don't know if Houston's defense is that bad or if Oklahoma is that unstoppable because he looked like he just had receivers with blazing speed wide open all over the place. I agree. It was a pretty awesome performance by uh, Hertz and the Sooners to uh, open the season Sunday night. And we got Monday Night Football tonight in Notre Dame and Louisville if you want to check that out. DJ and PK, time to talk University of Utah football now with Frank Dolce, Utah analyst for the Zone Sports Network. He joins us right now on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hope you had a nice weekend. We did have a nice weekend. And I assume that you watched a little Pac-12 football over the weekend trying to assess what you saw from the Utes on Thursday night and what you saw around the conference and watching USC right. starting quarterback go down. It's a nasty blow for them week one. Yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad. I, he, he looked like uh, he was playing really well, too, and and they had that whatever they're calling their new air raid offense. Uh, it looked like they had it kind of going along there. So I, I, I hate to see that, and I hate to see the – uh, the season-ending injury, so tough, tough break for for USC. I, I, I did think it's interesting, uh, just in case people were worried about USC. There's, man, they have a ton of athletes running around out there, and so the USC that we thought might be a little bit down now, maybe with the quarterback situation, it it, it holds true. But that's a team that's going to be dangerous. Yeah, you look at this as you call it the air raid, and obviously that's from Leach. And we've seen Leach over a number of years, over a number of different players, just sort of replace and plug with the new quarterback, but yet the offense stays the same, and they usually have success. Now, Harold, the new coordinator, played for Leach. You know, he's not Leach, obviously, but he comes from that tree. So going forward here, they're going to bring in, most likely, if they just move up the depth chart, and that's what they did on Saturday. They brought in the freshman, who is a first-year freshman, not a redshirt freshman, but a first-year freshman. So I'm wondering, offensively, do you think really even though this kid is very young we're going to see much change because if you look at the Mike Leach style and history no matter who they put in there the offense basically stays the same I I don't think you'll see much change in what they want to do on the offensive side it's it's just going to be the will the new will the new quarterback will the freshman be able to execute at the same Level. That's the that's been kind of the thing with Leach is that he replaces a guy year after year, and the productivity is still extremely high, and the efficiency, the quarterback efficiency, is extremely high. And it's it's not a, it's not necessarily an easy offense for a quarterback to run. So that would be my my big question mark is is the quarterback going to be able to run that offense? I, they're they're going to run the same stuff. I don't think they're going to change it up, but. Will he be able to run that offense with the same efficiency um, that that they were running before, even with all of the athletes and everything else that's happening? So, uh, that, I I think for for USC that's just a big question going through the, through the rest of the year is how how quickly can the freshmen come up to speed and and keep things clicking at the same pace. 
Frank Dolce joining us here. So uh, you're going to see USC uh, play Stanford, who also lost their quarterback. Uh, that was looked like a concussion, so presumably they'll get him back at some point, but maybe not this weekend. Uh, and then you're going to see him play BYU. Did you see enough of BYU in that Utah game to feel like they'll give you a good read on USC? And if so, what will you be looking for? I yeah, I like. I, I mean, I think that's a. I think that's a good match. And by the way, I I don't know. Know how that that wasn't a tar- that that hit against Costello. It, it doesn't turn into a targeting penalty. I just don't. Even after all the replays and everything else, they don't give a targeting on that. That seems kind of textbook to me. But re- regarding USC and and BYU, that, that I think that's I think that's a good matchup. I think BYU showed uh, you know quite a bit in the game against Utah and and. To, to me, the difference is that in, in that game, well, Utah was able to run the ball pretty effectively, and and Moss was pretty darn good. But the turnovers are just that, those that killed that killed BYU. We talked about that before the game. Two two pick sixes and a fumble. Those those things you just it's really difficult to overcome. And and on the other side, Utah was clean in that game. So um, BYU will have to be kind of the same thing. Is good, really good at the line of scrimmage. On the offensive side, I don't think there's any question they're going to be good up front. They'll need to rely, I think, a little bit more on the running game rather than you know seven carries for Williams. I think you're going to have to be more in the 20 range with the same productivity. So he was he was averaging six and a half yards a carry, close to that. And if he can if he can carry the ball 20 plus times and average a little over five five and a half yards a carry, I think they'll be in really good shape and. And then Wilson, you know, he's just going to have to be a little more protective of the football and and not put himself or put his team into those situations where they're giving up defensive defensive scores. On the other side, I still, you know, I I was I was more impressed. I thought that I thought Utah would manage BYU's defense a little bit better, and and I thought BYU played um, a little more stout on the defensive side side than I than I expected going into that game. So I thought that was a good sign. And and so I think the matchup with, with BYU and USC is 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 really good at, at BYU. I still think the that if you look at it and break everything down, the athleticism falls on the side of USC and that probably determines or, or could very well determine the outcome of the game. Although now starting the freshman quarterback for USC, that that's another fact that you have to look into it. But I, I still think USC's athleticism overcomes the day. As far as the Ute offense, I thought that was the prototypical offense of what we're going to see all year. Basically, the number one emphasis is going to be don't turn the ball over. If we don't turn the ball over, our chances of winning go up exponentially. So what we saw in game one, maybe not so much in this week and the next week because the competition isn't expected to be as difficult. But once they get into conference play, it's going to be what we saw. Do not take chances with that football. And as long as you don't do that, everything's going to be okay. Yes. Well, I think you're talking specifically about uh, Tyler Huntley and how he managed the passing game. <laughs> the, the run game was was great, and I and I I like to see Utah run the ball that way and run that often. I don't I don't care. I, I like that kind of football, but I still think they need to be a little more productive in the pass game. I have no problem with you know the 
13 of 16 or whatever he turned out, whatever he turned out in that, that game. And that's great efficiency, but 106, 105, 106 yards through the air, I think is going to be difficult to overcome as you go through the rest of the schedule. And like you said, maybe not the next two weeks, but as you get into Pac-12 play, I think you're going to have to be a little more productive in the pass game in terms of yardage. So, but I, I think you're exactly right that, the mantra of, you know, don't turn the ball over, especially in the passing game. Don't turn the ball over. I think you could see that uh, maybe hesitance from Tyler Huntley in his willingness to throw the ball downfield. He dropped back to pass and and look and look, and then he was he was moving pretty quickly. And maybe that will calm down a little bit too. And you know, after the first effort, everybody's excited in the first game. So we'll see how that goes. But no question about it. It's it's a it's a run based um, throw the ball when you need to kind of offense and there is a significant emphasis on keeping the keeping possession of the ball and not giving it over to the other team. So do you think it changes at all if they're in a close game? Because I thought once they got the lead at sixteen six on the first drive of the third quarter, then it was basically just take the air out of the ball and then the game. Because they just didn't think the BYU was going to win at that point. But in a conference game, will it be different? I mean, they're not really going to have that many games where they only throw 16 passes, are they? I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, I, if Coach Winningham could run the ball, you know, 60 times a game and and win the game, then I think he would. I think yeah. he would do that. Uh, but I just. I, I don't think the competition is going to allow you to do that going through maybe maybe not the next couple of weeks, but but I but when you get into the, you know playing against Washington and 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 they're going to be you know they're going to they're going to key on Zach Moss and they're going to key on that running game and they have the talent to to potentially slow that down and and when when you play against that kind of competition you're going to have to be a little more balanced. Um, with your offensive attack, so yeah, I don't. If he could, if he could, if he could run the ball seventy-five percent of the time, and and he could win a bunch of games that way, then I think he would do that. But I just don't think the competition is going to allow you to do that once you get into the Pac-12 schedule. So the passing game is going to have to come along. The produ- productivity in the passing game is going to have to come along. See, I think that in those games, he's going to buckle it down even more because in those games, you cannot afford turnovers even more so because the competition's better. Against the Cougars, they could have had a turnover or two and it would have been just fine. And maybe the nature of the game will dictate otherwise, but I see him even going more conservative in these huge games that they have. And at that point, you know, if it doesn't work, then you open it up. But until it proves that it doesn't work. You keep the ball and you punt the ball, and then we'll rely on our defense to set up our offense. Yeah. So I'm expecting even more yeah. conservatism. <laughs> so you, you think that the percentage is gonna is gonna go higher? So you're gonna just keep running the running and running, and and maybe never throw the ball. I I think it's situational. I mean, if you get into a game against the uh, against the Pac-12 opponent and you go up and and then you can control the clock and your run game's doing okay, then I, 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 I don't think that's 
too far-fetched to say they should be. It becomes more conservative. Uh, I, it's probably situational. If you go into a game and your run game's doing okay, but you find yourself on the other side of the scoreboard and and you have to start throwing the ball and and the passing game has to be more effective, then maybe you see it you see it open up a little bit. But that's an interesting that's an interesting take. Is that uh, as conservative as I thought Utah was? Uh, on Thursday, maybe they even become more conservative as they get into these bigger games. I, I, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but uh, I, I still feel like Utah and, and Tyler Huntley are going to have to be a little more productive. But uh, if Zach Moss is running the ball the way that he did and he's averaging you know, 175 or 200 yards a game, then that certainly has proven to be a winning formula in the past. All right, so let's now look at the whole season. Northern Illinois, 16 passing attempts, over or under? Oh, man. I, I think Utah's going to be able to run the ball pretty effectively against Northern Illinois. So, but I, I also think they wanna, they'll want to work on some stuff in the passing game. So I'm going to take a chance, and I'm going to go over on 16 passing attempts against Northern Illinois. In your heart of hearts, Frank, do you really believe that BYU is so poo-poo? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, youth fans want to know why not. Because you know there are a lot of youth fans driving around and go, yeah, yeah, they are. Well, yeah. I mean... Those are those are rivalry, rivalry things that happen inside the locker rooms on both sides. That's where it should stay. You know, you you make comments like that in the in the locker room, and then you know everybody gets all fired up, and you know we're going to do this and we're going to do that, and then but then you don't. <laughs> I don't know that you necessarily take that to the podium um, <laughs> after the game, and those those are your post game comments. I I I I mean I I know. I know Tyler Hartley's personality a little bit, and I think he was just trying to trying to have some fun. and And of course, those comments will be will be taken and and blown apart, and maybe even blown out of proportion here and there. But when I heard it, when when we when we heard it afterwards, and listening to the to the to the post game presser, I just <laughs> I just kind of scratched my head about it. Man, we, when when do we uh, when do we when do we finally figure out that no matter what we say, so everything's being recorded. It's always being recorded. Somebody's always listening and and um, you know, I don't I think you just have to be I think you just have to be careful about some of the comments that you make. So I <laughs> I don't know. I think I I I thought BYU played played pretty well. And and the game went a lot the way that we thought it might go and and you know, pretty tough Contest and turnovers made a huge difference, and and you know let's let's leave it in that and wish everybody luck the rest of the season until you get together at the beginning of next season. So I don't uh, I don't think I feel that same way about uh, BYU's football program. All right, Frank, we will leave it there. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again next week. All right, guys, I sure can't wait. Love having college football back. Frank Dolce, Ute analyst for the Zone Sports Network. You'll hear him on uh, multiple shows all week long throughout the season. Yeah, I'm excited, although get me past these next two weeks. I'm not excited at all for the Utes. I just, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I know. 
I, I, I can't get into either of these games. It, it's a shame, you know. You don't you, you do these scheduling so far in advance that you you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know when you're going to yeah. have a really good team, and you should test yourself with a really big, big opponent. Yeah, it's it's the bottom some, line. You know, I wish that they could play LSU, for instance, that uh, Utah State's playing, or whomever it might be because you know i would love to even if it was a buy game which they don't do anymore or a paid game you know a one over there wherever that might be i i would love to see them play a top 10 team a top 20 team in the non-conference but these next two weeks i mean i feel like lebron a few years back i want to go to south beach <laughs> and then wake me up check out yeah you know, obviously, once the conference schedule comes, you play who's in front of you. The conference sets up your schedule, so you have Zippo control over that. And those conference games mean the world. And so I'm excited for those nine. But these next two weeks, it's just an absolute snooze fest. It's just, it holds no interest. And I know they couldn't figure it out that way, but. It would have been nice. It would have been nice if in the offseason when you realize who's uh, really seems to have pretty good teams, if they could play a one-off game in an NFL stadium with another team that's poised for a pretty big year and push one of the other games Right, back. and even with a loss, if you went there and, and it was a tough game, and you know, I don't think it would hurt you at all, particularly if that team that you played ended up blowing up themselves, then you could have benefited from that. But nevertheless... You should have two cakewalks. And I, and even if they just barely beat, not barely, that's too strong, but if they don't look at the top of their game these next two weeks, obviously they're still going to win. I don't care because I don't even want them to be at the top of their game the next two weeks. Why burn the top of your game against these opponents? Uh, you know, Save it for the, the first two conference games right off the bat uh, uh, You know, at SC. And I don't really care who's quarterbacking. That's going to be a great win if you get it. And then obviously the following week, Washington State will be a tremendous win if you get it. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. More football coming up. Your reaction to the uh, opening weekend of football. We'll get to that. And Gary Anderson, the Aggies head coach, is here at 8.30. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, week one is in the books, with the exception of Notre Dame and Louisville tonight. But the opening week of the college football season Pretty much decided, and I don't know that Notre Dame Louisville is going to have much of an impact on anybody here. So here is the question up on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. With an injury shelving USC's starting quarterback for the season, can anything but injuries derail Utah in the Pac-12 South? So Pac-12 South now is an absolute given. This would be one of your more, if not the biggest, colossal chokes we've seen this year. Now, if they have injuries, that's another story. And they got to have multiple. Not just here and there, because they're going to have here and there. That's a given. That's just the way it is in this game, obviously. But you're talking a tidal wave of injuries swamping the boat. Like five, six to starters on offense, or five, six to starters on defense. Yeah. 
Brooks says, with what I've seen in the opening week of the Pac-12 football season, anything less than the Pac-12 championship game is underachieving for the Utes. They should be the Pac-12's representative in the Rose Bowl. Well, we'll have to see. I can't say that. We talked about this, uh, I can't remember now if it's in the 6 a.m. hour or if it's last night on TV because it all runs together. But Washington and Washington State did what they were supposed to do week one, but they did it largely out of sight because of who they were playing. New Mexico State, Eastern Washington, you're supposed to to win big and look good, and 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 they they did, did. but I don't know what that tells us. Nothing. Tells us absolutely nothing, no. We won't really know, and I don't really worry about that because nine conference games will tell us everything. Plenty of time to learn stuff. The storyline will be written in its entirety. And only the loser will say, yeah, but. You know, Washington didn't say, man, we won that conference championship game on that fluke interception. No, that's only what the Ute homers spent the whole summer saying. Only the loser says that. The winner never says that. So when we get to that point, it'll be defined as is, and then the loser will throw in a yeah, but, if not for or the referees, or what have you. But only the loser does that. The referees never, the winners never say anything about that. That's just, you just win. And you go on, and then the loser comes up with excuses as to why you lost. So only injuries, and maybe if they had two at quarterback, that would be a crushing blow for Utah. And then I would allow some allowance there. But other than that, yeah, obviously, if they're not playing in the conference title game, now with SC losing their quarterback, this would be a major, major downer. It would be the biggest disappointment this program has ever seen. Ooh, what would compare? Nothing. Nothing compares. Hopes are so high, I'm coming up empty. I can think of the biggest disappointments, but if I blurt them out, you'll go, that wasn't nearly as bad. Now, I also because think it's right. irrelevant because I do think they're, they're going to play. I always thought, but this strengthens it even more once I saw JT Daniels on the floor. On, on the, the ground, holding his knee. Grass, yes. And it was obvious. I was watching the play live. And once that happened, you knew full well, okay, he's done for a significant portion, if not all, of the entire season. And that obviously that came out on Sunday that that was the case so it's a no-brainer there that he was going to be gone and then it just elevates Utah's opportunity to where I mean I can't see them losing at most at most two conference games at most Washington and Washington State yeah, see you got to win one of those two to be legitimate you can't lose to both of them I get what you're saying but do you want to guarantee that they're going to beat one of them right now this is sports. You can guarantee they're useless. Right. I mean, unless I'm putting money on it, my guarantee is nothing but a word. So I can guarantee you whatever I want. But if I'm really that serious, then I would put money on it. I told you, that's the way I grew up. Somebody says they pop off after the fact. You say, okay, let me see your ticket stub. And then they show you the stub where they put money on it. Then they have the right to brag. If they didn't put money on it and they don't have a ticket stub, a betting <gasps> Big ticket. Big old dose of shut up. Right. And they knew where I grew up, they knew you don't do that. You don't say, oh, well, I had that. Well, if you had that, how much did you win? <laughs> and, then, and if you won zero because you put zero down, you don't have the right to guarantee or after the fact say you had that. No. That doesn't matter. 
So I'm guarantee what have you. No, I'm just looking at it. You've got to win one of those games, and then maybe somewhere along the line, uh, a ball bounces uh, the other team's way, and somebody, I don't know who, somebody gets you. Cal's defense might get you. Arizona's offense might get you. You never know. Yeah, just something. They're not playing Oregon and Stanford, so you can hold off on those two. Yeah. DJ and PK, all right, we got a lot more feedback, including uh, a lot of people who agree Pac-12 title game or bust. But there are a couple exceptions. We'll get to those next. And if you're just getting going this morning, grab your phone, use the open mic feature on our app, and send us your take. We will play them next, and then we'll talk with Gary Anderson, Aggie head coach at 830 on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.